egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SNL Network's Hot Take Show with coverage of the seventh episode of SNL, Simu Liu and musical guest Saweetie. It is really hard to believe that it's been seven of the last eight weeks there's been an SNL episode, and I think we've had some really great quality episodes to the start of our season, and and I think this was a good one. So I, I I'm pretty happy with it, and I can't wait to hear what our panelists thought. Uh, we're just three of us tonight because you know Nicole and TJ. I don't know if you if you're very familiar with the SNL Network podcast, you know that there's uh, there's some good chemistry when we have Nicole and TJ on. So I want to give them their space to be able to talk <laughs> through the sketches tonight. Okay, so we're gonna do that. If you are with us live in the chat, I certainly appreciate it if you let us know your thoughts on all the sketches throughout the night okay nicole rovine thank you for joining us how are you it's my pleasure i'm really good i yes what john that's john's very nice way of saying tj and i really like go out and we, we talk a lot and we uh we have fun but we definitely the two of us is probably the same as three people in terms of the amount that we have to say all the time <laughs> so just bear with us it's gonna be fun it's so true it's so true. Yeah. So it's perfect. Uh, TJ, thank you for joining us. Thank you for staying up late with us. John, I have not watched SNL live in six years ever, since the 40th. So know that I love doing this show. Know that I love working with you guys. If my black, wait, can I curse? If my black grass is up this late, I, I clearly am, am happy to be here. All right. I, yes. I'm getting closer to my 30s. I don't stay up past 12. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. But I'm uh, happy to be well, here. <laughs> well, uh, I'm pretty sure the 40th anniversary started at 8 p.m., so that doesn't really count. Uh, but oh, that's but, a good point. I, <laughs> but, what I, but what I will say is uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking through the sketches like we do every Saturday night if you guys join us live. Uh, but I do, I obviously would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Peter Ackroyd for a second. And I'll just take the lead on this one, um, guys, and just say that, uh, you know, Peter Ackroyd, uh, brother of Dan Ackroyd, is somebody who was on Saturday Night Live as a writer in season five. And, and season five was a, a very unique season of Saturday Night Live where a lot of writers ended up joining the cast in the second half of the season. Uh, this was post uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi leaving the cast at the end of season four. And uh, Peter Aykroyd was in a was in about 40 sketches, I believe, in his time with uh, Saturday Night Live. So uh, I just, you know, went back and checked that out. And he's a Second City from Toronto alumni. Uh, he was nominated for an Emmy for Best Writing in a Variety Series in 1980. So, um, you know, a lot lots to come, you know, to talk about, you know, unfortunately, some sometimes these things happen. And um, I just wanted to start off our show by, you know, expressing our condolences to the entire Aykroyd family and just um, saying that uh, RIP to uh, to Peter Aykroyd and and all of his family. So uh, let's talk about the episode tonight, you know, the same way we do every week with Saturday Night Live. And the way we do that is we talk about our hot takes. So, Nicole, do you have a hot take or headline, something that you feel is, you know, front of the newspaper about this episode? Yeah, well, the the overall thing that I am thinking about the most is that it feels like the in November, the hosts have been a lot less front and center than in the previous episodes. And it feels like if this episode were the first in November, I would have been like, oh my gosh, we didn't see Simu at all. It felt like he was invisible. But coming off of the last two episodes, I was like, this feels like a, a fair, nice amount that we're seeing him, you know, it feels good. Um, but I do think that that's kind of my personal headline is that these November shows feel a little bit different and, and it's a lot less host focused. And uh, yeah, this one certainly it, I'd say this one met my expectations more than like any episode has so far. It was like, I, I was about as happy as I thought I would be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really fair point. TJ, give us your hot take. I know you always have. Them. Uh, I really like, uh, Nicole's perspective on that. My hot take was definitely, um, while like this wasn't as host focused, Sumo was definitely the most out of, I feel like we got this month. Um, I felt like his enthusiasm carried through every single sketch that he was in. So I was happy seeing him be confident and have a good time. Like really, I, I didn't see, he didn't seem nervous at all. And it was really a nice um, breath of fresh air after Majors and Kieran were a little more ner nervous. Uh, so that made me like, ex I was, I was so much more in tune with the show, seeing him just be more in tune with it. And um, uh, Ego, another MVP uh, episode for her. 
Yeah, yes, uh, I agree. Actually, you know, we don't coordinate these hot takes prior to the show, so I get to find out what you two will say on the show live. And I wrote down my hot take, and I swear, both of you, my hot take was going to be Simu Liu was the best host in November. And I, I wouldn't know, I, I don't wouldn't necessarily say that this was the best episode. I think I, Kieran Culkin was a great episode of the show, but uh, and this was a very good one. But I would definitely say Simu Liu, in terms of just like quality hosts, I think was a bet like a better host than Jonathan Majors and Kieran Culkin. If I had to, you know, just say off the bat, Nicole, you're not yet. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think this was probably my in between episode, my second favorite episode in November. Uh, but my first host, I think that in terms of thinking about moments that we're going to that we can easily identify as memorable because of the host, this episode has the most of those by far. Um, but the Kieran Culkin episode was probably the highest quality for, for me as well in November. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. I know not everybody in the chat's going to agree. So, TJ, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, you know, I think he was the first um, like great Asian male host of November um that like we had <laughs> <laughs> that we had so i was really um happy with it. and to be honest he probably is my my second favorite host we've had of the season so far um but to be fair, I'm oh, a, cool. i love kim's convenience like i've seen all of that and i saw his some of his wong fu stuff um which is like a youtube production company uh that hired basically any like major asian actor like go to watch like wong fu's early stuff and like they're in there and see who's done like work with them so i was a big fan coming into this so for me this was my like second favorite host probably my second favorite episode we've gotten so far okay that's really cool all right let's let's talk through the sketches let's see what we liked and what maybe we didn't like as much through the episode and we'll start off with our cold open so we got to see the return of judge janine and uh i think that you know the the interesting thing here when i found out this was going to be the cold open was okay is this less about judge janine and more about trying to bring back jaj's trump which clearly was like very well regarded when we saw it a couple weeks ago that only two weeks later, they decided to bring it back. So, Nicole, what were your thoughts on the cold open we saw tonight? And chat, let us know what you thought as well. Yeah, I think that the justice with Janine was 100% a vehicle to accomplish a few things. A theme this this season is these mishmashed, jumbled cold opens that are trying to do several things at once. And so the Kyle Rittenhouse case was, it, it had to be addressed in the cold open. Um, and so the, the justice with Janine was a way to do that. Um, but then the second half of it really was just an excuse to do that JAJ Trump impression. And it was great. I, I think it was, it was very... Right before JJ went on in my notes, I wrote, this feels very politically dense and it would benefit from some levity with more high profile political impressions like like a JJ as Trump, JJ as Biden, so just something kind of more like that or a random Pete Davidson, something that is, is buzzy and and gets people talking. Um, so it felt very light on that stuff, which I was was hard because the subject matter was so serious that I do think we needed a bit more levity in order to access the comedy in the subject matter because it was so tough and intense and also fresh because the, the verdict was announced yesterday. So it, it was a little too, um, it, it didn't have enough levity in terms of the subject matter. I think we just, we had a, the first three or so minutes that were very intense. And then we pivoted to something very tangential, just an excuse to do something light. I think it could have been better constructed to add levity to the subject matter. It felt like a sort of, we need to address this, but we also need to make it funny. And I, I think those two elements could have been much better uh, blended with each other. And then something we're gonna get yeah. to later is I wish that Republican or not was the cold open because I loved Me that. Me too. And it was incredible. Oh, Should have been the cold open. Any other week, I think it, it could have been. It was brilliant. We're going to get to okay. it later. Let, let's save it because I actually wrote down the same thing. Oh, my, thank you. Uh, yeah. I, lo I love it when we're on the same page about stuff. Um, so, yeah. but uh, I would say I, I've seen this in the chat. Um, Chris Red was just so awesome in, in this one. Uh, I think he was definitely, for me, my favorite part of the cold open. Uh, TJ, what were your thoughts on the cold open? Honestly, um, like this Kyle Rittenhouse thing is just like like an insane bummer. So to be honest, I was kind of hoping they would just avoid it. So it being like the first thing like out of their mouths, I was like, come on, man. Like, I really don't feel like thinking about this. I don't feel like thinking about another white boy getting off for shooting some people. And so 
I mean, granted, that's just like the black person to me. Like until Chris Red came in, I was just like, just I, I really, honestly, I didn't want to watch this part of the show. Like this, mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't here for it. But Chris Red kind of like speaking like the black mind, and then like Chloe also speaking what a lot of my like liberal white homies are like saying, where it's like this surprise and this is terrible. It's like yeah, but also like like duh of course it happened like sure like you know I, I will say I don't know a ton about the case so to be honest I feel a little bit weird like commenting because I haven't got myself to read a ton so maybe there's something I don't know about the perspective of like what is you, so we, don't have, like, we, don't, we don't have to get into the case yeah yeah, yeah anyway but, it was just a bummer to start out and like yeah. honestly the I finally figured out what my problem with JJ is I finally figured it out okay All tell right. us okay he's a great impressionist he's very funny but I just watched 11 years of Kate McKinnon dressing up as a bunch of old white people that I don't care about. And now in that l- or first half of this year, we finally got away from like these really boring, long political code opens. And we had like Chloe opening up the show and we got sketches like not saying the same thing as Republican or not, but I'm like that could have been the code open. Like, that's a great idea. And so with J.A.J. coming in, anytime he does anything like political, it kind of just absorbs and reminds me of that space we've had for the past like like few years and i i just get i it just brings me down so i can't meet you guys on that same level of enthusiasm that you feel about jj when that's the space he takes up but like when he does anything else like his larry the cable guy i'm far more into it but if that's the space he will take it's it's a place that i just can't i can't really vibe with yeah, and that's fair. I, I mean, I, the thing is, is that I we can't, uh, and I totally re- resonate with, you know, we have this debate on one of the roundtables, so I totally resonate with where you're coming from, and I appreciate you following up on your perspective from earlier in the season. Uh, I just don't think we can fault JJ for the sins of SNL past over the last few years. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of people who had issues with, you know, certain perspectives in the Trump era of SNL, and I think that JJ coming in at this time, uh, you know, the political stuff has been part of SNL for 47 years. It's not going to go away, but is there a way that they can do it a little bit better? Um, and and I think that that's probably part of the problem with the cold open tonight was that uh, it came back so quickly and was so repetitive compared to the last one. Like, literally, it was like, you know, what? could I get 60 more seconds, please? It was just like, we just heard that. So I think that there's it, it was it was good. I liked it. I liked the word search part. I felt like that was good. But I, I worry a little bit about, you know, going down a path that TJ is talking about where things were so repetitive over the last, you know, several many years, we have to be careful to, you know, keep things fresh, especially in this era when things are looking up. Can I add like one, one little tale? Of course. Yeah. Go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I like, I did a little bit more of a deep dive on JJ, like after the last time I did the show and I've definitely warned on the guy, especially since seeing his audition, following his Instagram. I don't actually have a problem with the guy. It's like, like I thought I did. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. A couple of episodes. No, no, it's fine. Like, no, it's no biggie. Um, it's, if this is what SNL is gassing him to do, I just like I don't I don't really blame him honestly because he's a great impressionist. So he's using his skills well yeah. and it's very funny. But like if that's where he's gonna be, I I can't get on the JAJ train for that piece. So that's I don't fair. Really, that's fair. yeah I just for that piece. Okay, um, Nicole, anything you want to add or, or do you want to talk about the monologue? Yeah, one more thing. So Chris Red, I think, definitely stole that cold open and, and gave when I'm talking about absor- like blending the comedy with the, the tough material. He was right there. Um, another thing it, it reminded me of was when Dave Chappelle hosted right after the 2016 election results. And there was a sketch where he was watching the uh, results with a bunch of white people. It, it was it was the same tone. And the white people were shocked that that Donald Trump was getting elected. And Dave Chappelle's character was like, why, why are you surprised? We, we knew this was going to happen. And it was a very similar tone. And Chris Red accessed that place that Dave Chappelle occupied in a really brilliant way. It, it was so similar, but also very his own. And definitely worth looking back at that sketch uh, to, to kind of compare because it's, it's definitely a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Definitely. Um, the last thing I'll just say about the cold open, uh, when Cecily said that she was edging, I had I, I, I to get a good laugh at that. I thought that was that was really <laughs> that, funny. That killed me. That did kill yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one thing. That was one thing. Uh, OK, let's talk about the monologue. So this was really cool. And I think that one of the things, again, this trend we're seeing of solo monologues all season, it's definitely on purpose. They're definitely trying to have like these real legitimate uh, monologues as opposed to cast members coming in. And another great thing that I think is a little bit underrated is like 
like we're learning more about the hosts in the monologues than I could ever remember in the show. Uh, you know, when we're talking about Simu Liu, you know, talking about his experience uh, being a Spider-Man at kids' birthday parties, uh, I just think it's so cool to get this context for the host prior to seeing them in sketches because that was what the early days of SNL were all about. If you ever go back and they're all on DVD, those first five years of the show, it was a lot of monologues of people telling you who they were. And I love that. I love getting to know this person. If you didn't ever see Shang-Chi and you didn't ever see Simu Liu in anything, you get to know him a little bit by he, him, you know, telling a story and being like, I'm Shang-Chi, bitch. And even learning, you know, he's Canadian and asking politely. Like, that's funny for me because I'm Canadian. But uh, that's that's how I got this podcast gig. I asked politely. Uh, so <laughs> I think that there was a lot of really cool things here in the monologue. Nicole, what do you think of it? Yeah, I agree. It was definitely the shortest one of the season. It was under three minutes. We've had a lot of three minutes and change that even those felt short. This was under three minutes, so it was really short. I, I was just sort of getting comfortable and and kind of starting to feel like I was in the middle of something and then it ended. Uh, you could barely even hear him say, we've got a great show, stick around. I, I, that all kind of faded out and all of a sudden it ended. Uh, but it, it was good. He seemed very relaxed, but also very charismatic and excited. I, his energy was really on point and I, I enjoyed that. Uh, the, my main takeaway was it felt like the only time I can remember in recent history that someone talking about a tweet resurfacing from 2014 actually was benefiting them. It was, it was really funny. <laughs> I was that's like, that's, that's new. Someone being happy and not regretful about a tweet from 2014. Um, it was really a powerful <laughs> manifestation tweet that he was going to be in, in Marvel and the MCU. So I, I liked that a lot. I think that was a missed opportunity. I would have kind of made that joke if, if I could have uh, had any input there to, to do something about that. Uh, but it was great. And obviously I'm, I'm Shang-Chi bitch. We'll, we'll live on. That was great. It, it gave me yeah. some Andrew Dismukes energy when he has some great line reads of bitch, definitely uh, up there with the, the, in terms of how you, how you say bitch, he, he killed that. Yeah. Here, here you go. Bitch. <laughs> that, yeah. <that's> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Uh, TJ, what do you think of the monologue? Um, I really, I really enjoyed it, and God, it was so refreshing to have a short monologue. Like I like a monologue, like, but I, the only ones I want to see that are long are like a stand-up monologue, honestly. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the succinctness. But to be fair, I'm biased because, like I said, I, I like Sumu Liu. Um, the only other thing I thought he might reference from his past, I'm shocked he didn't bring up Ken's convenience, and it. I wondered, John, is it true? Do Canadians do y'all have Thanksgiving in October? We is do. Yes. Yes. What? So I, I, I think there's a lot wild. of Americans. Yeah, a lot of Americans would have questions about this. But yes, we have Thanksgiving. I believe it's usually around the second weekend of October. I think it, it I, I always question this because I have a lot of American family and they all do it in, in November. But I think it has to do with the climate. But like, like Nicole's in New York, like I'm in Montreal, like we're not that far from each other. Like we have pretty much like the same weather. So like, I, I don't think that there's like a crazy difference, but it is very weird that we do Thanksgiving in October. It, that, it's just it's just very different i i never knew that i was i was truly blown away um wow okay i also yeah. didn't know canadians did thanksgiving first time i uh, found that out yeah i mean like look as a canadian i've spent most american thanksgiving watching football all day american football so uh so for me like on american thanksgiving that's what i watch i think there are canadian football game football league games on canadian thanksgiving as well it, it's a it's a cheap imitation of american thanksgiving that's the answer to that um Okay, let's talk about the sketches that we saw tonight. So we're going to start off with this uh, karaoke sketch that we got to see. There were so many moving parts to this one. What I will say is, like, big congratulations to Bo and Yang, who was this was his 100th sketch in the show. And, and you know, like, super impressive. There's a lot of cast members who've gotten to 100, but just making there is an incredible feat because, you know, like, we, we see it. It's like you never know what's going to happen. And he's just been very impressive, and he had some really cool moments tonight. So... Big congrats to Bowen. Uh, Nicole, what were your favorite moments of the karaoke sketch? Or did was there anything you didn't really love? I loved this. I'm a big karaoke girl. And so I loved it. It, it was This one was really right up my alley. Um, my first thing that I noticed was it was felt like a much better outlet for the voice that Chloe was working on with her Miley impression. It, it felt like it was it was operating from the same source. And I think it was a much better place for that that type of voice. So I would love to see that character of Chloe's come back. And then if she brings Miley back, maybe tweak that a little bit and take it in a different direction. But it did feel similar to that. Um, and then 
I have a few other things. I thought that Pete's character, if I closed my eyes, I thought it was Adam Sandler. It, it sounded just like him and so many different voices that Adam Sandler does. Everybody should go back and listen and you'll you'll be blown away. Once once you have that in your mind, it's, it's crazy. So there's that one. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I resonated a lot with Cecily's character, not because I have a great voice, but because that's that's me, like the the Kristen Wig, don't make me sing, girl. That's very me. <laughs> um, it would have been that would have been a great cameo opportunity for Kristen Wig to to do a don't make me sing in there. Uh, that's very me at a party, like oh, I'm not really in the mood to sing, and then obviously I I love to sing, and and I'm I'm like a theater theater kid in in my spirit. Um, so yeah, this this sketch felt like it was for the theater kids. It was for the messy drunks. It was for the drama queens, the attention whores, and and I'm a lot of those things. <laughs> so yeah. I was I was happy. Theater theater kid is a little bit of a trigger for us SNL fans with all the theater sketches that we we've seen recently. Uh, but uh, Nicole, uh, roller coaster rider asked in the chat. And I was going to ask you the same thing. Do you have a go to karaoke song? I don't. I have so many. I like I like when other people choose and then I and then I go right to it. I mean, anything Mamma Mia, anything wicked. Okay. De Define Gravity is probably it or DG. Uh, I, I love I love to do a Define Gravity moment. And I'm always Alphaba, if you are okay. wondering. Got it. Um, TJ, one of the songs tonight was my go to karaoke song. Can you guess which one it is? Uh no uh i don't <laughs> no i i don't remember the songs um was one okay. mr brightside like no uh, no, no. <laughs> when when you no. said to guess i knew it wasn't mr brightside but that that song came in my mind for you john no so yeah i was talking about my i was talking about friends when i said the mr brightside thing but my my go-to karaoke song is i want it that way so we had yeah yeah, that was that was that. Um, TJ, do you have a go-to karaoke song, and what have you? Uh, what did you think of the sketch? All right, every time, it's actually not every time, but sometimes when I when I listen to Nicole's perspective, I feel like I've never had an original idea in my entire life because your boy loves karaoke. Like I get my friends to go, like multi, we go a lot. I get a lot of people to go together. Um, my go-to karaoke song. Um, if I want to be in my rap space, I do 3005 by Childish Gambino. If I want to be in my, my musical space, I go, um, it's, I want to say it's, it's either that face from the producers or I'll do like L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole. Cause it seems cool. like deep voice, you know, that's awesome. And also the reason I like doing that L-O-V-E song is because I am, <laughs> I felt so attacked because I am Bowen, uh, the guy who like has the who has a deep voice but can't go for the high notes. So like, I want to sing, I think once I wanted to sing, um, this is an Ariana Grande and The Weeknd song, Love Harder, I think. And like, I would sing it all the time by myself, like Chris Red, like singing the female songs. Like when I'm by myself, I have a lot of female artists. I love singing, but I, I can't do it. I can't do what The Weeknd does. So I just, I was like, I was hurt a little bit and attacked because this is, this is something, I, this, I love karaoke so much. So for me, I was completely with this. Um, and I've I've met plenty of archetypes of karaoke people. Um, there used to be a guy who would only come and do Lonely Islands. Uh, I'm on a boat every week. It's it's the only song he would ever do. Um, so I really enjoyed this. And I, I hope he was able to pull off the T Pain stuff. He couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah. He was trash every week. And like we had to suffer through it. Yeah. There's a guy who only does metal in jean shorts um this i feel like karaoke just has lots of characters in my only, only one that during the commercial break when they showed keenan and chloe standing next to each other that for a, a quick second did anyone else think oh why are miley and ice cube doing a sketch together because uh that was the same outfit keenan wore from the ice cube sketch i mean the ice cube piece about a week or two ago actually oh i, I didn't get that but um yeah. That's interesting. Um, I really like this. I think there were a lot of parts that were funny. Obviously, like the way we are all talking about it is because we can all relate to it. Um, I was going to say, like, it's funny because like I could relate to I want it that way. And my, my girlfriend's actually in the chat, Allison, and she says pony. And I was going to say that like this not not related to what happened. But no, pony is, no. Uh, Pony's her song. So, so I thought it was funny. Yeah, that song is ruined for me now. Her song. OK, that's no, it's, it's if it's Ali's song, that's fine. If it's John's song, I'm like not into that. But Ali, if it's Ali's song, that's feminism. And, and I love that. What is, she I loves like Pony. That. She, she loves Pony. Um, Good, but I was going to say, yeah, yeah. You're doing um, great, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different context, but um, but Bill Kenny in the chat, our, our friend Bill says, uh, first SNL network get together, we all have to go to karaoke. So once we do Hell the live yeah. in person, 
in-person hot take show with all of you in the chat joining us. We're all going to, you know, head out to karaoke as well. So we'll make sure to do that. This was a really fun sketch. I can't wait to to uh, to take a look at this one again tomorrow. Uh, TJ, can I start with you on this one? Target Thanksgiving. You know, it's crazy. I um I have some in, in my past, I have some employment history working for a few years with Target. Um, so for me, I, I, Target ads always a little it's always a little little history with that. Um, the only thing I think I wanted out of the sketch, because I enjoyed the heck out of it. I love seeing like dysfunctional family chaos during the holidays. I love these sketches is I think a couple years ago. Uh, like anytime we see Mikey and Heidi as a couple, not that ego at all is something uh, as bad, but like Mikey and Heidi are able to encapsulate the best of toxic, you know? And so I just, when they are a couple, like, I think a couple years ago, there was some like Macy's kids ad where like they're fighting with each other. So I, I really wish, I feel like that would have elevated the sketch even more, even though it was perfectly great. I was like, if you want to get that level of toxicity and arguing and stress, like put them together because they always do that well. But I enjoy this. The JJ is the racist grandpa thing cracked me up. I I don't know why that it's just a couple of lines and it sent me. <laughs> um and also the look on Ego's face when Chris put a dish in while she was washing. I think we've all been there before, but I just yeah. I thought it was just perfect acting moment. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, there were a couple of moments in this that, uh, I mean, the uncle who takes football too seriously, I definitely uh, like thought that was pretty good. Uh, the kids left unsupervised in the basement. I mean, I, I feel like everybody oh has gosh. been to some, some holiday dinner or something, and this is like definitely a, a key thing. Um, Nicole, what I will say is that this sketch, when it started, I was wondering if we were going to get this, and I knew it was a Target ad, so probably not, but um, there was a Thanksgiving sketch in 2015, which I'm sure everybody in the chat remembers, and it was an Adele one where they were all singing Hello. And I know like Easy On Me, Adele's new song is like the number one song now. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe that's where they were going to go with this. And I thought maybe there was an opportunity to do something like that, but then they didn't. So I always like to, you know, bring up things that I think <laughs> think about weird SNL history. Um, but Nicole, what do you think of Target Thanksgiving? Yeah, I liked it. I, I think a few things. Another thing I'm going to bring up is Kristen Wiig, another second opportunity that could have been a cameo for her out of the night that I that I have, I guess I'm thinking about her and Target Lady, of course, that could have been fun and random. Um, but yeah, it, it did a good job, as a few other sketches did tonight, of showing a lot of archetypes. It felt sort of like um, how there are impression showcases and, and, and roundoffs kind of thing. It, it felt like there were a few that were very um, character driven and, and were able to showcase a lot of different characters interacting in different ways. And so again, the, the, the grandpa and the, the kids and all these different things going on. Um, and I liked that. It's, I, I think tonight was very slice of life. It was very relatable, but then in the context of Thanksgiving, I think most, most or a good number of the sketches were sort of Thanksgiving adjacent. And this one, of course, was the most Thanksgiving central. And I, I liked it. It's probably one of the more forgettable ones for me, um, just because it it was, there weren't as many things that I felt super duper specific about. Um, but I did enjoy it. I think it, it rounded out the night really well. It was definitely a, a good Thanksgiving episode sketch. Uh, not much else to say. Yeah, there. Th this is a great episode to podcast about because there are a lot of relatable scenarios and we can discuss through them. So this is going to be a fun week of podcasting. Okay, let's talk about uh, new military weapon. I'm sure we can all relate to to having <laughs> making a dog a mil military weapon. But, uh, you know, really interesting uh, thing here because uh, this was the sketch that I was looking out for going into the night because I was curious what we were going to see because uh, this is the first time as far as I know this season where we actually had the team up of two different writing pairs on this sketch. And this was a, a team up of Streeter Seidel and Mikey Day with Please Don't Destroy. So I was like, what are we going to get from this? And it was interesting to see what the results were. So, uh, Nicole, wh what were your thoughts on New Military Weapon? I liked it. I, I feel like we're getting more dogs than usual this season, which is fine by me. But um, I liked it. My my main thing that I was that was distracting me was... Cecily and JAJ were the two most prominent political figures in the cold open. And then they were also the, the same exact thing in this sketch. And Cecily's character here had a very similar voice, a similar energy, similar outfit as Janine. And so it was just, it, it, that was distracting for me. Um, I feel like there are so many cast members. And so I, for the sketch to be pretty close to the cold open, it was just like, 
yeah, it, it was a little bit disorienting for me. So I, I feel like I would have liked one of the two to be played by somebody else. I, I have no preference because I, I think they both did a great job. Um, but that's just something that's a little bit out of our control. You know, it's like whenever you're casting things or you're writing things, it's not always you don't really have time to, to balance things out perfectly. And then something like this is just a an inadvertent consequence of, of a show with so many moving parts. Um, but that I think if if there were a way to go back in time and, and realize that it was going to feel so similar, um, maybe things could have been changed. Um, so that was distracting. It was fun. I felt like the dog was, even though there were someone else's hands, the dog felt more active than we've seen dogs. Like for example, in in the Skims for Dogs, they were they were just sort of being held and not doing much. It felt like the dog had to be sitting there for a really long time and be very well behaved. Um, I took my dog to a dog park today with a bunch of my friends' dogs, which I hadn't done in a long time. And um, so it's just really on my mind that dogs have to be really well behaved um, to do anything. This dog let did alone good. Just, to sit, yes, yes, good boy, or good girl, uh, and yeah, so I don't know, but it was it was good. I thought that if you're gonna have a dog there for so long, I, I don't know, I'd rather have the dog there for a little bit less long, and then have have the dog do one or two like funny things like that are a little bit more jumping out than than what happened. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. Those were yeah. I, more of I had more critique. I had more critiques than compliments on it but that's not to say i didn't enjoy it yeah that's fair and like the interesting thing for me was like this was a reprise of something that we had seen i believe it was in 2018 uh in the sam rockwell episode and uh the the interesting part was how does please don't destroy come into this sketch and then make it better um and and i don't know if they did i mean i i had fun i just don't know if what if what they added to it was the reason i was having fun with this or maybe it was the dog's performance uh so uh, tj what were your thoughts on uh on what we got to see here I'm probably I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this, but I just really wondered who'd win in a fight between Doghead Man and Man Bear Pig. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Mm. But that aside, um this sketch was far more like cute and fun rather than like knockout like funny. It was more like cute because like the dog was super adorable and he was eating a sandwich and he couldn't like and he was licking the dynamite but like when i think about it i wonder okay is the humor in this sketch supposed to play into the actual writing of the sketch or am i supposed to be laughing and smiling is it more just because it's a cute dog like i to be honest i was i was having so much fun like giggling like at this like adorable dog and that like and then like seeing jaj break that it was it was more like about this sketch it was weird it was, but it was cute and i had a good time and isn't all that matters you know yeah yeah i mean snl has a very weird history with animals i mean going back to the days of tim kazarinski playing with a monkey uh, in the 80s so i mean you know they're always going to be compared to previous animal sketches we obviously had the jason bateman uh experience we talked about last year of his original hosting uh gig when he came back so um i think that there's like a lot of fun stuff obviously uh the, all the tracy morgan sketches with animals like there are a lot of fun snl sketches with animals um i would say that this was probably more fun due to the dog's behavior than anything else in the sketch and then the cast members reacting to the dog but i think that you know like it wasn't i didn't have like a bad time i had a good time with it and and really what what came next for me was just the, the biggest surprise at, out of the whole thing because um yeah brian fellows thank you i was trying to think of the name earlier um so uh the the next sketch came in and it was republican or not and this was probably my favorite political sketch that i can remember in a very long time i'm, I'm definitely not saying like all time but i'm saying like in i cannot remember a political sketch that i've enjoyed more in recent history where i'm just like purely laughing at almost everything they were saying um the lines here were just like fantastic uh she was complaining about a book it was the bible like there was just like there was really funny things here that they absolutely nailed tj what were your thoughts on republican or not um to me this reminds me of like i i, I had to watch it again because I, I need to let it sit but to me, it definitely gave me the energy of some of my favorite game show sketches, um, which are uh, Bill Hader's What's That Name um, and uh, Meet Your Second Wife or Black Jeopardy, which I watch those sketches several times a year. Um, so to me, it had a lot of that fun energy. And also, like the minute you open up and you see Keenan hosting, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Like, what's going to happen? Uh, and so I um, 
to be honest, I was having so much fun with the sketch. I had trouble taking notes because I was I was really in, enjoying it. Um, uh, the comment uh, was it like your fave or like uh, Dave Chappelle was your favorite like comedian starting when and being someone who like has grown up black and loved Dave Chappelle for 20 years and now seeing what's happening now. I was like, oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, like. The sketch cracked me up. The Rihanna, like, who's wearing the camel pants, Rihanna, or, like, a dude. I don't know. I love this. I thought it was great. Oh, there, there was just so many good lines in this one. And uh, this is one, like, I definitely have to go back to to watch again. Even, even Nicole, even the picture of Aaron Rodgers, got, like, got me laughing really hard. What do you yeah, think of definitely. it? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I was going to say, meet your second wife, TJ. I'm glad you brought that up. It had the exact same energy of just this sort of like smart ass, like, and also the host being kind of like witty and um, a little bit interacting with the audience and being very aware right along with us of, of how ridiculous and yet real it is. It, like Keenan really had that same Tina and Amy energy of of being right there with us of as crazy as this is, it is so realistic and you can only just kind of laugh along with it and embrace it because it's life. Uh, so I loved this. I My notes, usually when I'm taking notes, I'm writing analytical things or things I want to keep thinking about. This one, all I could do was write down these lines that were so brilliant. Everything that, that happened, I had to write it down and look back at it during the commercial and be like, that is so smart and and creative and well structured and just just genius it's it's the sort of thing once you hear it you're you're like i can't not i can't not think about these things in those terms now that i've heard it and it's going to stick with me these are lines that i'm going to be thinking about um and yeah I, I just i can't say enough good things this is the one I'd say this and the karaoke one are the ones that like hit me the most and, and I'm going to remember, but there were a few more that, that those, that was the case for. I, I loved it. My notes are all just, I have so many quotes I had to write down. It was unbelievable. Um, genius. Yeah. All, all credit to Brian Tucker and uh, Dan Bula who, who did this, uh, who, who wrote this one really just incredible. And I'm sure that we're going to be talking about this a lot more uh, throughout the week. Um, yeah. And I agree with our friend, Michael in the chat. He's a good use of Keenan, not just reacting who, you know, which is a classic Keenan thing to do, but just building the jokes and setting people up. I just think it was, it was really perfect. Um, so uh, yeah, really just, just wonderful job by everybody involved with this one. Okay. Let's talk about walking in Staten. Uh, I'm actually, I actually really like the song walking in Memphis. So this for me, when it started to play, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, and I just uh, don't understand. Like, I wish we knew more. Like, what is the history here between Big Wet and Pete Davidson? If I had some context for their relationship, I would probably find this like I, I just find it super fascinating because I just like want to know more. So we ended up having this like incredible foursome of Big Wet, Mark Cohen, Method Man and Pete Davidson all singing about Staten Island. And I didn't hate it. I thought it was I thought it was good. Nicole, what do you think of it? I loved it. I also am a huge fan of that song. I always have been. Um, what it was missing was Colin Jost. I know that they he had a line, touchdown in the land of Colin Jost. That was great. But I think Colin needed to make an appearance. You know, I I think that was a big missed opportunity, but at least he got the line. That that was that was like the bare minimum. I'm happy we got that. I I thought it was really great. I really did. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with how Pete's pre-tapes, his, his work, but particularly his pre-tapes are really transcending the show in a way that his, his celebrity status is of course, uh, very transcending the show as well. Um, in a way that there are so many non-cast members and non-host or musical guests in his work and in a way that you could compare to please don't destroy last week with taylor swift or the lonely islands history um but the difference is those cases were both multiple people please don't destroy is pp three people lonely island is three people and usually when they had these big cameos it was at least andy and one or one of the other two lonely island boys if not all three of them so or at, at least a lot of other cast members as well so um it just I mean, we can't really talk enough about as much as it feels like we talk so much about Pete. It feels like we, we can't even talk enough about him just because his celebrity status is like bursting out of 
out of the walls. And every time we think it, it's as big as it's going to be, it gets bigger. So uh, yeah, there's no one else who could be doing this type of work with a, a foursome where you're the only cast member. And then it's a bunch of other people who have varying degrees of, of fame. Of course, bringing, bringing in the original creator of that song, Mark Cohn, that was, that was amazing. It was, it was executed in a very funny way of, of, um, I like he was. He said he didn't really want to be part of the song. You already are, and then next thing you know, he's right there with them in the I Heart Staten Island sweatshirt. Yeah. I really like that. It was great. There were like certain parts of this that I think that really absolutely crushed, and I think that was one of them. I just think like Nicole, to your point about uh, Pete Davidson, just like being able to anchor this himself, so, like that that is impressive that the show trusts him that much to do something like that at this point. And I just think like Big Wet hit the jackpot in terms of like Pete Davidson being like the biggest name in the news all the time now, and he seems to be like buddy buddy with Pete. So TJ, what do you think of Walking in Staten? So, like, to me, this was, like, I don't know, was it fifth or sixth, um, like, post-monologue. For me, it was, like, it, the show in the first half before Weekend Up, had a streak of, like, me enjoying and having a really good time. Like, I didn't feel like there was a low, and this continued that streak. Um, I want, I'd like those hoodies, man. They were pretty fly. And Method Man's verse was hard. Like, that was, that was great. I feel like Walking to Memphis was a song I might have heard either in a Scrubs episode or, like... I might have heard it. somebody do it at karaoke one time before. I didn't know what it was until I was looking it up during the episode. Um, so I was like, who is Mark Johns? I had no idea. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've like heard the name of that. Um, but I still had like an amazing time. We did need a Colin Jost here. What are they putting in the water at SNL that like ScarJo and Kim Kardashian? I can't be the only one wondering. Okay, that's fine. But like, <laughs> what's in the water? What's happening? Um, but like this, the... I don't know. The song with Big Wet last week, I mean, a few weeks ago, is one of the only ones they've uploaded to the SNL cast Spotify. True, um, true. So I wonder if this one will be an additional one since he's on it. Um, I tried looking at his Spotify. Like, there's not a lot on this guy, but um, well, he, I, I was TJ, happy he was there. He, Sorry, I was going to say, TJ, also, the uh, Big Wet also wrote the jockey from, or like co-wrote the jockey from the Kieran Culkin episode. Oh, so okay. like, yeah, he's, there's just like, he's like behind the scenes and i don't know what's happening but like uh, um big wet if you're ever listening to this podcast i would love to get you on the show we, we have so many questions for you so please you're always you have a welcome seat at the snl network i have one thing to add when you yeah. when you said tj scarlett johansson and kim kardashian i got an image in my head of the i just had sex um video with blake Lively <laughs> and jessica alba if scarlett johansson and kim kardashian played that those types of characters that Jessica and Blake did, and it was Colin and Pete. I'm sorry, that would be insane. I, I can't think of anything more insane. And no, I, it's fine. I, it's a holy level. I only I saw can't. that headline because of um because of my podcast Twitter that I was messing around on, and I was like, when I saw that, what? He's, yeah, he's we, a queen. <laughs> let's, let's talk to you. Let's let's talk okay, to the computer. Uh, yeah, let's talk. Oh yeah, like it's right not now. impressive, John. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's super. It, it's super impressive. Just uh, we talked about it a lot on the Patreon feedback show. So I just want to. I want to. You know, uh, basically, yeah, no, know, it, it's know. late. Let's let's get yeah. through the. Let, let's uh, let's bang through these sketches. No pun intended. Okay. Really, uh, we had uh, more and more of these in each episode, and I, I keep just a little bit comes out. Just got like that right. cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not. We're not there yet. Uh, weekend update. Okay. Uh, some interesting stuff here. I, I did think that uh, Joe's had a pretty good run with the uh, Biden after colonoscopy versus David after dentist stuff. Um, he. I, I think Colin actually did a really funny job tonight with a lot of the lines he was saying. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, on the hot take show, we for sure cover the uh, the guests that come on to update. So let's start with Kyle as Baby Yoda. Uh, Nicole, anything? This is our our fifth time we got to see Baby Yoda. Last time was in the uh, Musk episode in season forty six. Anything funny here that you enjoyed from Baby Yoda? Yeah, I liked it. It's it's one of my least favorite things Kyle does, mostly because I, I prefer Kyle when he's on the brink of getting cut for time. I like when he's going on as Bruce Chandling or as a fictionalized version of himself. He's doing something like that. And when it makes the cut and you see it live, you're like, yes, like you're like, go, Kyle. I, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm cheering for you, rooting for you. And when he has this big costume with the prosthetics and the makeup and the hair, he's done it before. They have all this stuff 
ready to go. I'm sure it's a, it's a recurring character of his. But when you get into all that stuff, once once it makes dress, I I imagine Baby Yoda. Once it's dressed, it's it's through. So I went for Kyle. He we always pe- people complain that he's cut for time too much, but that's kind of his magic. And I like Kyle when he's on the brink of that because I, you, it gives us a reason to root for him and, and to invest in him on that different level. So Baby Yoda doesn't excite me that much. Um, that for that reason, among others. Um, It was funny. It it felt like there were some good lines. Being on Disney Plus has its pluses. We were getting a little, you know, into his his social life, his dating life. Um, Confessions of a Diary of a Loser. That that was pretty funny. So- Those were the lines that you took away from Baby Yoda? (laughs) There were lines- Those were the ones I don't know. I liked it at the end when it got, when it like pivoted to, to his dating life. That was where. Yes. That those were the lines interest. that got me. TJ, those are the lines that got me on this one. We're going to Baron stain those sheets. Baby Groot. It's over. Bruh. Baby, baby, baby Yoda is a freak. Like he is, he is a straight up freak. Like anytime, like at the end of this sketch, whenever he's, the, to be honest, the entire thing could be garbage. Except for when Kyle says, when he takes a pause and he's like, Baby Groot, like like the energy is every person I've seen get into a fight in middle school when I was living in the inner city. Like that's the energy of that to me is incredible. Uh, just in that, like, because he clearly wants all the smoke. It is such a dumb rivalry, but it's really cute. Um, also, dating the mama bear for the bear sea bears. Ah, come on, man. Yeah, bear, you, ain't bear. To, you ain't had to. You ain't had to do that to my childhood. Come on. Um, but, like, you know Baby Owner's energy, what it's going to be the minute he says, like, what any, like, f- like they're not finance, bro. They're, it, there's, like, a Gen Z stereotype of the kid that says, my life was a movie, bro. Like, that's just what it is. It's just my life is a movie. But there's, like, an archetype, but I can't think of um what it is. Like, a Chad, maybe? Um, But, like... I thought the lines were funny. The Berenstein things, I'm going to be not, traumatized. Not Pete's Chad, correct. We're not, we're not talking about Pete Davidson's Chad. Um, no, not Pete's Chad. Uh, Ch- I don't, I'm not, uh, I, I digress. Um, I, I did think this was, this was funny. I don't need Baby Yoda, literally ever. Like, I really yeah. cracked up at the idea of Nicole saying, I like Kyle when he's on the brink of being cut for time because he always plays these cuck characters. So the idea of him being loved the most when he's... <laughs> on the verge of being of losing is is what is how that is how i received that um but you're also right nicole um so to me i don't need viviota but i i did I, I do find it funny and enjoy like to me you can take it or leave it like it's yeah i don't know yeah, um, I, no more time will be spent talking about Baby, baby, baby Yoda, excuse me, but I will say that, uh, yeah, but uh, I will uh, credit our friend Monette, I saw her in the chat earlier, not sure if she's still uh, up with us live, but I just will say uh, she did tell us earlier in the week that this would be a great opportunity to have Baby Yoda back, so gotta give credit where it's due, you definitely called that one. Um, so let's talk about Mother Earth 80, uh, so uh, TJ, do you want to start on this one, Mother Earth? Um, yeah, I don't know why the term moon on the boob made me laugh so much, but I thought that was really funny. And also her blue hair looked beautiful. Like there was like a little bird in it. It was really cute. Um, but this, to be honest, the characters were the weakest part of Weekend Update for me this week. I thought the jokes were the strongest. So, uh, for me, like the cold is for my ass and like 80 is always going to be amazing. So to me, she can't do wrong. But for me, if I'm looking at the macro, like, eh, like it was just, it was, yeah, yeah it was okay. Take it okay. it. Nicole, Nicole, did you prefer AD to uh, to what TJ thought, felt? I agree exactly what you said. Take it or leave it. I think as far as update, this was probably the weakest up to you know set of update characters for for me that of the season that I can remember. Usually, there's there's at least one that I love and I'm still thinking about, and this one both were pretty forgettable for me. Um, I, I thought I just would have liked to see AD peppered throughout the episode a little bit more. I was wondering where she was. And then we see her in this big update role. And and I just, I would have preferred AD having more funny moments throughout the episode and in a way that she more commonly is. I felt like she, she wasn't in as much as I wanted her to be in. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that her, the, some of the lines were good and, and she had really funny delivery. I will say the accent, it, it felt like she she was doing a few different accents and she hadn't quite narrowed in on what this voice for for this character was going to be so i would like to see the character again and i think if we saw it 
the the voice would be a little bit more finely tuned. Um, so it's it's I would like to see it again. I think it's a, the type of character that we'd like to watch the arc of because the earth is changing and I'm sure that that she's going to have updates for us as as the climate crisis evolves. So I I it's this kind of thing I didn't like it and yet I want to see it again is how okay. I feel. The coals from my ass stuff got got me a little bit, but that that was that's it. Yeah, good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, I think that's a really cool idea. Like what if each time she came back, she's a little bit more disheveled and a little bit like she came on and she was yeah. like, oh, I'm really normal. And each time she comes back, she's a little bit more like, like go, not doing well. Like if I saw an escalation of that, I mean, granted, she let me just see the escalation like that in a sketch rather than tracking it over the course of a few years. But like that might bring more, bring it more interesting when you look at it at the end as a series, that could be an interesting yeah. way to do it. Yeah. And honestly, a great, great conversation in the chat. Like if you're watching our show after the fact and you get to read the chat as we go through this, like great conversation. I totally agree with all of you. I mean, uh, last week's update, com you know, comparison to this week, uh, you know, very, very different. And obviously the new characters like brought in, um, brought life last week that we didn't get to see this week. So, um, yeah. Let's let's talk about a Thanksgiving baking championship. Um, we have our fourth appearance of this. We had Don Cheadle, Eddie Murphy, Timothy Chalamet, and now here with Simu Liu. So uh, you know, very uh, you know, very like uh, paint by numbers here, like exactly what you would expect from from this sketch. Was there anything, Nicole, that that worked for you in Thanksgiving baking championship? I agree. Very formulaic. I um, I love Pete and Eddie together, and I it's something I wish we saw more of. Pete, Eddie, and Ego feels feels like a random trio, but I was kind of intrigued by it. I thought it was funny how Pete was really scarfing down the cake in a, in a very kind of a lot of physicality there while, while Aidy and Ego were being a little more dainty and delicate about it. Uh, so I, I thought that was a funny detail. Overall, forgettable. It's, it's a cute recurring sketch, but I'm, I'm not going to be thinking about it tomorrow. Yeah. And great, great line by Thomas here. He said the sketch was a Pete Davidson show because TJ, I have to say, there was a part of the sketch, the only part that I actually laughed at, and Kyle plays his Ralph character. We've seen Kyle's Ralph character on a few of these. And uh, this was the one thing that I did laugh at. And I kept thinking to myself, I was like, Pete is not going to be able to handle this. And he could. Am I the only one wondering? Okay, so like, all right, Nicole, you, you saw what Pete was doing as a choice. To be honest, every time the camera cut to Pete, I was just, and by the way, I'm not like, I like Pete a lot, but I'm not like a Pete obsessive. But like, Every time the camera cut to him and this brother was eating the cake, I, I literally thought, does he know he's being, that he's on? Because it, it, I was like, you're used to watching people eat and then cut away in a TV show. But I'm like, this is live. So if he's eating, he's actually eating. And so I'm like, does he know he's like, he's like, I, it, it served no point to me. Like there was no bit of it that felt like a character, like, you know, like a Han from Fast and Furious that's like always eating. Like there, it felt really out of place for me. And to be honest, honestly, it's really dumb that that's my takeaway from the sketch. Other than I did wonder if Sarah wrote this sketch, but I know it's a reoccurring because seeing a cake vomit that had like some Sarah mm -hmm. energy to it. I don't know if anyone else is kind of thinking about that. Um, and also the phallic cake, like this, this had like Sarah grossness. If this is what, like, to me, if you would tell me Sarah helped write the sketch, easily believable. Also, I am shocked, shocked that they got to put that cake with the phallic cake on television. Yeah, I would, I would say so. network television. I was like, I yeah. watch, I've watched a lot of HBO this past few weeks. I, I thought I was watching NBC. Like wh what's happening here? I was gonna say the same thing because I was thinking to myself. I was like, I was like, would I even put that up on on our podcast? <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, how do you put up that image anywhere? Um, but yes, uh, I mean, I don't know that there's much more to say about this. It's possible Sarah contributed to this uh, this one. This was uh, Ken Sublet, uh, Tesha Kondrat, new writer, and Alistair uh, Gates. So uh, yeah, certainly a possible new cast members could have a word on here. Uh, let's talk about Simu and Bowen. Uh, something that I really loved. I really enjoyed this. Um, this felt a little close to home in in certain senses, right? Obviously. Uh, not not the Asian stuff that doesn't apply to me, but I will say that the uh, weird people keeping track of statistics. Um, <laughs> was that, did, SNL, did we inspire you? Is that what happened here? <laughs> yeah, that hit real close to home. I was like, you know, thinking about some charts that we were going to work on, and and then the, this this happens. It, it, it hit real real close to home for us. Uh, but I mean, it had a positive spin because it, it turned out that Bowen and Simu felt the exact same way. They were like, oh, this doesn't matter. And then it cuts to them being actually really excited about it. So 
that made me feel better about about it. Yeah. Uh, this was crazy to me. Like, I just felt like it was like, well, they were they were speaking to my soul, TJ. Uh, yeah, I'm doing this. I was I almost thought I should call you because I was a little worried about like how you guys were doing when this sketch popped up because like they are personally attacking the SNL network right now on, live on air. <laughs> yeah. um, I like I there were so many great things about this. To be honest, this is in my top two or three like of the night. Um I really liked the back and forth. Like I thought the escalation was fantastic. Um, I also, I really am a huge fan of characters addressing like their race or their culture, but not necessarily having to fit it into a certain role. So like these clearly are only Asian guys that could do this particular sketch, but it wasn't necessarily like, Oh, this is what like, like, I don't know. Like it wasn't about like a stereotype or like a culture or like, it, it just, I don't, it worked well to me where it was like a take on like someone's perspective on race that I had myself hadn't seen yet, but I completely understood. So like from that also element, like, yes, I'm not Asian, but like, I do understand what it's like to like kind of have these things noted when it's like people of color. Um, so to me, like that aspect, like anytime you touch on something like that and it's not like in like kind of like a stereotypical way, I'm always going to like have my eye on it. So I'm I'm glad like there was nothing in here that was like let's granted also we've come way farther than that but like there was nothing in here where it was like let's put our Asian cast members together like whenever we have a black host it's like let's put our black cast members together which I do like but like there was nothing in that episode until we got to this and then when they did it 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 felt like oh cool I I didn't see that coming I like the way it handled it cool I don't know like I, I may not be saying that like well but I really enjoyed the sentiment of what this sketch represented for just like another cool thing that like some Asian homies said that was really funny. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Th thanks, CJ. Um, well, yeah, people in the chat are, al are also asking about like appearances tonight. Um, again, like uh, we do these live, so I just want to make sure I get everything correctly. So bear with me. But like uh, Cecily did leave the way, lead the way tonight. Uh, Sarah, you know, like in the sketch again, like she was in four things tonight. This was her, uh, the most sketches she has been in, in any episode of the season so far. So strongest night for Sarah getting to see her in this one. And somebody asked about Punky, uh, no Punky tonight uh, from, all the cast members. So I was so uh, sad. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunate for that. So uh, okay, let's talk about our last sketch that we want to talk about. That is the nine one one sketch. So, um, Nicole, any thoughts on nine one one? This this hit very close to home for me. Um, <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Um, it, it, the the lines like I, I don't you know it, it's it's legal so I'm going to talk about it. I don't. I smoke a lot less than my friends do. Is 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 how I'll put it. But when it comes to edibles, um, these are the things that I have said exactly. Like, I OD'd on marijuana. Will I be like this forever? Will you still be able to come here even though I'm not where time is? It, it, it was really specific, and, and it, it reminded me of many, many occasions uh, where I was in a group of people. I was that person. So I think for me it was a little more realistic to be the only person in a room where other people are a little more chill. But I, I liked that it was – everyone was having the same experience. I think it would have been more realistic if there were a few people who could hang, uh, but everyone was was uh, off the rocker. So that, that was fun. But I think um, for me, I felt, I, I usually feel like I'm the only one having that experience, which is also the the high paranoia that is another important aspect of it. Um, but I, I loved it. it. It was, a lot of things felt very close to home tonight for me. Yeah, we need we need a term for that, like high annoya. It's like we need to find the right the right term mm -hmm. for for when somebody's paranoid when they're high. But but uh, or I guess tripping is the term. But uh, when Keenan when Keenan said uh, send every ambulance in the world to me, uh, that that broke me. Like that was that was just totally made the sketch for me. TJ, what do you think of it? To be honest, to me, it was like the second weakest sketch of the night to me. Um, I, uh, I, Grant, I don't know what, the only, my two takeaways from it were like, okay, Ego is again fantastic. And why are Keenan's glasses so thick in this? Like his eyes, like, I don't know, I don't know if that was a really minute detail, but his glasses, his eyes were big as, oh, I can't curse. His eyes were, were big as, as heck. Um, like, I, hey, TJ, <laughs> if, if SNL is going to put phallic cakes on air, you can swear. Oh, that's fucking great. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's liberating um no but uh to be honest this was like okay maybe maybe it's also a disconnect for me because to be honest i don't smoke and i never have uh smoked before like it's something i haven't tried so um 
this for me there was a bit of like yes the premise of someone calling his band like am i dead like was funny but maybe i might have enjoyed it more if that was an experience i was a little bit more connected to so i'm not saying the sketch itself was weak but for me it was it was definitely uh not as enjoyable as the first half of the show for me yeah and we uh the show was running long i think like after update it was almost eight minutes long uh so they had to cut some stuff live on air. Often these things get reshuffled uh, towards the end of the night. So uh, 911 call actually wasn't going to be the original 10 to 1, even though it was placed in that spot. Uh, there was a sketch that was going to follow called Good Morning Des Moines, and then a Please Don't Destroy pre-tape was going to end the night. So that those both got cut uh, due to time. So um, we'll see if, if anything pops up online from there. Okay. Um, there was a lot about the show I enjoyed. I definitely would not say this was the best of the season, but I would say this was a very good show and one that I'm happy to go out on, like on a high, um, not, not, not dead high, but, but on a high from SNL and, uh, we'll see. We got, we got some really fun shows coming up for December, but before we get to all of those, let's give our score out of 10 for the night. So chat, I'm going to ask you the same thing as we always do. Give us your scores. We'll bring them up on screen. Nicole. Give us your score out of 10. I'm going, I'm going 8.3. And that's a big step up from last week. I would have given last week like a, like a 6.8 or so. Um, and so it, it was good. I'd say it was for me smack in the middle of the episodes this, this season. There, there were a lot that I liked more and there were quite a few that, that I liked less. So it's, this was like, this, this feels like a good benchmark for me in terms of a solid episode. And then, there are episodes that do more for me than the minimum, and then there are some that are a miss. Okay, TJ, what about you? Point three, Nicole. That is so extra. Um, I'm extra. I'm deal point with it. Three. Point really. Point three. Um. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the question? Um. Oh, rating for the episode. Score. Right, score out so, of ten. Got it. All right. Eight point five. Out of 10, uh, great sketches. Sweetie was... Uh, see, that's how you do it, Nicole. Um, the sketches were great. Sweetie was really good. She was really... Her, yeah. She was fantastic. But this wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but it was one of my favorite episodes of this season. Of season 47. Uh, but I really yeah. liked it. I had a great time. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, I just want to make sure I get all these up on screen. So a lot of uh, different stuff across the board, but I think I'm, I'm fairly in the, uh, you know, with, with most of you, where I am going to give this a, about a seven and a half. I think that this was a, you know, like th three quarters were very, very good here. There was nothing I really, like, hated. There was just stuff that I was, like, ambivalent about, and then other stuff that I really, really did enjoy. So um, I'm really happy with this one, and I think there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it throughout the entire week. Okay, uh, so we're going to be back in a couple weeks. I guess we got two weeks off, and then we have Billie Eilish coming up. Do we want to do a quick word on Billie Eilish? Anything that you guys are excited about? Let's just, uh, you know, before we wrap. Uh, TJ, anything on Billie Eilish? Uh, she's funny. I'm excited for it. I love both her most recent albums and her EP. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's cool. I'm happy for it. Awesome. Nicole, what about you? So happy for her. She, she deserves a lot. And I my number one double duty pick for the season was Lil Nas X. I'm still holding out for the spring for him. He 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 is he still like praying. Is the yeah he's the epitome of, of what I want in a in a double duty person. Um, Billy though I I just I think the world of her and, and I'm excited to see what she's gonna bring. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited. I, I think it'll be very interesting. Uh, we may get a little Nas X, so so we'll have to talk about that if it ends up happening. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh my god, if it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about what's happening on the podcast this week. I see our friend Bill Kenny in the chat is asking for the schedule for this week. So, Bill, we have the answers for you. So, on Monday night, join us for our roundtable, and this will be a different roundtable this week. I actually will not be there for this one. I, I will uh, be passing over the driver's seat to Andrew Haynes. He will be hosting the show with three other panelists. Haynes is always really excellent. So, uh, please check out that show. And if you want to join us live at 8 p.m. Eastern, that'll be live right here, back on our YouTube channel. Channel, and you can always find the podcast version afterwards as well. And we get to dive deeper into these sketches and you know what they really meant. Uh, our patron feedback show will be on Wednesday this week. So usually we record those on Thursdays. We're moving that to Wednesday to give uh, you know all the Americans who are traveling on Thanksgiving and want a podcast to listen to. Uh, that'll be up for you guys on a Wednesday. So we have another great patron joining us on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll time TBD. Look out for our socials for that as we get to do that. It's uh, patron Brennan Keller will be joining us for that one. And 
then uh, Monday night in that roundtable spot, a week from Monday, we will be back with our first By the Numbers episode, season 47, episodes one to seven. So anybody who is a Mike Murray fan who has checked out our By the Numbers show before, he collects screen time data about all the cast members. We get to post those on social media and other really fun analytics. Nicole will be back with us for that uh, show so that'll be really fun to get to talk through all the numbers and statistics as we move forward we're also going to have some snl stories during the off weeks as well so really fun shows coming up before we get back here for billy eilish okay nicole where can people reach out to you if they'd like to connect with you you can reach out to me at nicole rovine on instagram and twitter and then as always we're doing a lot of fun stuff at the snl network everywhere instagram twitter TikTok, we're, we're, we're really expanding over there too. So follow us there and uh, stay tuned. Yeah. And TJ, thank you for joining us for staying up late. I do really appreciate it. Happy to, happy to. Also, y'all make numbers fun. Y'all though, in those Mike Murray shows, you, you guys do it. They're really a fun listen. Um, but uh, you can reach out to me at King Compliment on Instagram and TikTok. And also I have a new podcast that I started called Rabbit Trail. Um, and uh, you can find us at We Are Rabbit Trail on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We just we have an episode on uh, Thanksgiving coming out on Monday that I recorded with my mom, where we talk about our Black Thanksgiving customs, and it was really sweet and really cool. fun to to talk about it with. Yeah, for sure. That, that's that's awesome, TJ. So definitely check that one out. Um, I just want to say before we head out for the night, uh, you know, Nicole plugged our social media. Obviously, uh, YouTube, you can find us on in, like, where we are right now and any other uh, podcatcher to find all of our shows. You can find me at John Schneider 24. But I just do want to say, you know, thank you to Nicole and TJ. Thank you to the chat for joining us. I hope everybody has a very happy Thanksgiving and enjoys, you know, their if they get a mini vacation this week, all of our American friends. But really, for everyone who stayed up with us live throughout these, you know, past seven out of the last eight weeks, I sure if i should do the hot take shows every week and i'm completely inspired to do them because everybody gets to stay up live with us so just really just want to play say a sincere thank you to all of you that is my you know thanksgiving i'm thanking all of you for joining us so uh for everybody who is with us tonight nicole tj in the chat we will see you next time everybody have a good one mm -hmm.